Hello, universe. Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're here for the wrap-up podcast for Netflix's one season of the show, Cannon Busters. We're going to take it episode by episode, starting with Turnbuckle Ex Machia. We'll talk about what we loved about the episode, what we didn't love, or the critiques. Then we'll do an overall feeling of the season, which if I'm being fair, I was having some concerns about, but they they did kind of make sure to put enough heart in these last four episodes, four or five, that left a good feeling to its short-lived story. And it definitely didn't wrap up in any concrete factor. There's definitely critiques. But let's start with episode eight. I loved this episode. I gave it a 10 out of 10. And I was pleasantly surprised to love this episode because it's been a minute since I've really engaged. And it subverted the idea that we thought we were getting. And I kind of mentioned it previously is that we're not really tying in the Bodica storyline with the traveling bit but this was a direct correlation to that primary story so they're on their way to Zenith they're three days away from Gara's keep and we break branch off into really two storylines the first starting with Casey who has cleaned (laughs) Philly's living condition, which was a huge mess. But when she tries to make improvements, she has a tendency to crash Bessie. Oh man, not again. Philly calls her some unkind words and that lingers with her. And when he has to go to find Sam, she is left rather rather solemnly in the company of the trash heap and in this trash heap because zenith we find out is one of the floating cities that bodica hath created but he's like have you ever been to these floating cities that you say is so great and so wondrous for the you know for the humans all humans but no actually while he was on a renaissance rena- rec- reconnaissance there we go mission that he saw that they this is basically a place of the filthy rich and the polished and it's a, a beautiful white world literally and then beneath it is this uh is the filth and that's where a lot of other people, the lower class of people live. They get the scraps from the the ones above. And I thought that was a good, a good parallel to the societal structures that, that pretty much permeate, I cannot say words today, permeate through our very real reality 
that it, it comes from the top and the bottom is disgusting and filthy and it's their throwaways and less value. And Casey finding herself there and, and having less value as the last words is where did that bot go? She ends up seeing another one of her kind and she thinks she's going to fix her until she meets another functioning one of her kind. I forgot what number she was, 233 or something to that effect. And they have a very interesting conversation about purpose because Casey seems to be a fix-it box bot. <laughs> if it needs fixing, she is on it. However, lately she hasn't felt as as much of a benefit to the team and thus this other robot is able to get into her head about the uh defectiveness the outdatedness the obsoleteness of her existence and it begins with saying hey look you know she thinks she's going to fix this one and it'll be all better. And then she sees that, no, we've become dull. We serve no purpose to humans. They don't wish to have us. And they, the best thing we can do built in our self selfishness core is to use ourselves as scrap metal so that they can build better, newer, effective models from themselves. This absolute, slave mentality to the humans to the point of not even valuing your own existence outside of the, your outside of your purpose to them which is rather uh, a little mind trippy and despite her protests of you know well if these people are your friends what's the last thing they said to you which was something that wasn't nice and She's like, oh, well, what about Sam? And we get a flashback and we find out that Casey is the one that found Sam. She wasn't functioning and she was able to fix her. And now she's put into the context that, well, if you have this more advanced technological bot, that is who you're going to be used as metal for. That is your replacement and that really gets into Casey's mind and she decides that she's going to to scrap herself for her friends like they had this really deep conversation and I like the inner cut between you know what recently happened with him taking all of her junk out and him saying you know he'd want to get rid of her and she she's starting to look devalued or feeling devalued and so she decides to sacrifice herself. And then this other bot who is a little cynical. Well, first she even helps her out. And I think that's why that bot was cynical. Or uh, tried to mislead Sam. Because, you know, she sat down like, I've never had another purpose. It sucks. And I'm, I'm here to basically... Mm, scrap metal my own people <laughs> which is a little bit of a has to be a bot mind fuck and i don't know if you want to mind fuck bots
But alas, uh, Philly doesn't want to leave without uh, without Casey. Casey is found by Sam. The other bot tried to mislead her. And uh, she, at the last minute, jumped and saved her. And then when she came back online, she explained, like, I don't have a purpose anymore. First, she said, well, how did you know it was me? She's like, don't be ridiculous. You're Casey. You're my friend. You're so good that I can't even come up with a bad thing to say about you because you're perfect. And she realized that she really does have a friend in Sam. And that is sufficient. That is a purpose in itself. She doesn't need to be the perfect robot or function only for the purpose of serving humans. She is and has evolved to have another purpose and that being true kinship with someone she feels a true connection to and that reciprocates that. Uh, So I thought that was a really good message there and it was just well acted. I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you felt a lot of the emotion in those scenes then we get to the other situation where sam gets mistaken for a sex bot i don't know how well no casey uh, uh philly was chasing casey in the junk but a guy steps out for well, first we start with Casey being asleep. And that Casey, I keep saying Casey, Sam being asleep. And then, um, and then when she wakes, he tells her, look, I need you to be more like a friend. And a friend is someone who ribs on someone else. It's not someone who only says nice, kind things about you. And so he starts to teach her how to make jokes but in a way that you know you would crack on your good friend with like oh well you stink (laughs) people can smell you from a mile away even though i feel like they've been making these jokes maybe it's just been casey i can't recall but that bit of insight into how friends interact is a good thing because she finds herself accompanying making friends with this new guy who's uh looks like some type of cowboy slash uh (laughs) pimp and she's taken in the town she starts talking about how many men she can handle he takes her up into a room there's a whole bunch of guys she makes one of her jokes and we think that it's going to turn into a a dangerous and completely uh disturbing situation he's climbing in your windows he's snatching your people up trying to rape them so y'all need to hide your kids hide your wife and hide your husband because they raping everybody out here i was happy to be to be uh misled and and philly is the same way he shows up he's got his guns ready he's like it's not a time for revenge And she did say that she was with that guy over there. And then she started talking shit about him. And when he busted to the room, he is thrown off by the fact that she's just roasting everybody and they're thoroughly enjoying it. 
even when Philly shows up pointing guns at them, even when the guy ends up being someone that Philly just owes money to. So this was a lure. Uh, they can't even stop laughing when she cracks a joke because she's become that efficient at messing with friends. And so he grabs her, takes her, runs away with her. <laughs> she's like, bye, friends. <laughs> what does it say it's like you can look me up but you don't know how to read (laughs) that shit was funny uh so yeah i thought that was a nice little i don't know segue story that they had there only to show that you know you go into this dark place you know it's supposed to be the filth of society and yet they don't they don't act like that they actually you know, yeah, I'm going to take this person to try to lure you, but they had no intention of harming. And and like I said, that subversion of the expectation based on class and, and where you at, they did a really good job of just portraying that message in a very bite-sized package. Moving on to episode nine entitled Lullaby of the Stars. Not too much to say about this one because I absolutely hated it I the whole magic thing the singing everything about it I just I could have done without the giant crab chasing them the side quests it was another thing that just wasn't a thing we're right here why in the world would we be trying to steal a pearl when we're on a revenge quest it just it makes no sense and them talking about how nature is just nature and the prophecy all of that we do not care moving on to episode 10 squeaking springs afternoon this episode was much better i gave it an 8 out of 10 by the way i gave the last episode a 6 out of 10 We head into the town of Squeaky Springs Afternoon after Bessie breaks down. Once again, that is an overused trope in this show. And despite being told she's going to break down, I did love that he's like, don't, if you say I told you so, I'm going to strangle you out. And she was like, heard. And then, and then Sam said, but she did dully warn you, dully warn you. Dooley, dully, dully. Either way, <laughs> they're playing the shit out of Philly this episode. They're towed into town by Tim Twiddle. I, I don't, why? And he said, I got to go to my other job. And he kept making insinuations like, okay. And off he went. So Casey and philly are gonna fix the car while sam goes and looks for something to eat she ends up picking up a coin in a casino how someone lost a hundred dollar coin is probably the same way she lost all of her coins places a bet and wins here comes the money here we go money talk here comes the money After promptly being kicked out of the of the casino, 
She drops her whole bag, doesn't even notice that the coins are coming out the bag, looking for, she goes into a cat house, literally a cat house. And uh, she's like, I've not seen a ballet. He's like, there ain't no ballet, missy. When she finally goes into a restaurant, she doesn't have any of her money left, but the waitress Lorelai is like, look, if you can cover for this shift because one of our waitress left town with some dude, I will give that in exchange for food. So she tries to do so, but because... <laughs> what did one of those dudes said to her that was nasty? She was like, I don't think that's on the menu. <laughs> Oh, give me a kiss. That's not on the menu. Uh, she ends up scaring away all of her customers because she's much heavier than she looks and ends up meeting Jojo. Now, Jojo is the bounty hunter we saw a couple of episodes ago that Lady Day wanted, uh, wanted to utilize to kill Philly, but this person was like oh yeah i'll just kill philly for free it turns out he has this grudge against him but it was really weird how it all played out because this it it, jojo looks like a kid but is an old man stuck in a kid's body because he uh he basically got caught up in magic and we don't find that out until much later she and Sam go out to meet Philly, but Philly's impatient, or at least his stomach is, to stay. I loved Casey once again. I think out of the the entirety of the show, Casey is my favorite character. She is top notch, always funny, has the cute little doot when she walks. Everything about Casey, I need her on a t-shirt. It's the best thing that came out of this show. Because she came up like, uh, where did you get that? I borrowed it from a car on the street. While getting something to eat, Lorelai's like, you smell like a gutter, which, come on, boy, you don't know what water is? You just walk around smelling like an open sewage to the point that the robots don't care, but they still are aware of the fact that you smell this bad? And the one girl is like, look, you look disgusted. I couldn't, like, not pretend to smell what you are, but hey desperate times calls for desperate measures but i'm at least need you to bathe first can so can you go upstairs we can fuck but you gotta bathe and she even says what is my life what is my life that i'm settling for this um is that when he gets up there one of uh, i forgot her name mary lou mary lou is dead we saw mary lou get shot in the face tied up to a chair apparently because she insulted this little boy that is a grown man and he killed her for it which is rather fucked up philly goes to jail because of course white woman black man (laughs) next to a body he said we hang people like what the fuck can we and then he's like i'm gonna shoot the gun so that we can hang you you don't even consider 
A trial? <laughs> Nothing? All he did was walk upstairs. How could he have possibly killed her when his prompt to go upstairs was prompted by someone else? And then why is Lorelai's room where Mary Lou was? Was they sharing it? I'm not sure. Whatever the case may be, he finds himself arrested. Um, Jojo, Casey, and Sam get to the courthouse or to the jailhouse. And <laughs> once again, Casey comes in the clutch like, oh, I'll get him out comes in tells the sheriff oh bessie she she exploded she fucked up your shop she killed several people it's it's a massacre you might want to get down there and he go running out and then she just calmly <laughs> goes up and gets him out he's like you've been how did you learn to lie like that oh i copied you and then later on in the episode he's like you fixed bessie of course i fixed bessie i also got some coins by someone who didn't need them anymore They done turned Casey into a damn uh, criminal. I love it. What else happened? Uh, the the fight out fight between Philly and Casey, not Casey Jojo, was okay. Um, <laughs> the funniest part is when he walked in after the sheriff was was uh, called him a little boy, and he stabbed the sheriff, and he's like, "Oh, I get it. You have insecurity issues." <laughs> and uh he was tearing him up with the jokes he was he really was you ain't even fucking slept with anyone you ain't got your dick wet no wonder you upset <laughs> uh of course before we could see once again sam turn into her true form when when philly is threatened lorelei comes in the clutch and takes a hammer or a, a, a skillet to the back of the dome of jojo and that knocks him the fuck out when he wakes up there's three guns on him and all of them are the sheriff because they all got second and sometimes third jobs because <laughs> apparently the population is a little low a little low or you know no i think it's a little low everybody needs to do two or three jobs <laughs> So that's uh, pretty much the gist of the episode. Philly is, uh, he is cursed out once again about the fact that he's immortal and he did nothing with it all this time. But I expected in this episode that he was going to break down and say, and then Sam was going to overhear, but we got two episodes, uh, two part finale that uh, should probably give us our, reveal and then see where things would uh kind of fall on the wayside of so much better than the previous episode i do think that they the biggest issue i have right now because i said i was gonna leave critiques to the end but the pacing is so so bad it is very 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 bad uh catching in with the other storylines we did get and i know i didn't talk about it in the last couple last two because i really don't care about odin or prince kelby i don't care about the story like they didn't incorporate it to so, uh, enough in the other plot points that it feels almost like a thing that's out there 
you know like the king finally is dead after the son if i you know says oh i know where prince kelby is he knows where they're going the guards keep we see uh his assassin clearly has taken it over they have taken one of the the other people hostage and they find out her reasons she tries to warn maybe you should go somewhere safer and odin's like we don't want to hear from you rat and i'm (laughs) you know i I think that was a dead giveaway because she's overhearing that the prince is not is not the person everyone thinks he is he is spoiled he is a brat but they haven't done enough with his characterization for me to care about any of that you know and i don't even think they did enough in that conversation oh so you didn't want to kill her because you said you wouldn't and oh we only have food for two well we're not killing her okay but we don't need to also take her with us that's a choice that you have and right now i don't see the benefit of said choice Uh, and i don't even know why she was like oh well we were bent to the knee we had to follow the magical guy we didn't just sign up with them as caliph and you know there's they're the more sophisticated society but they're not a part of their father because of his uh treaties and we just didn't get enough of any of that to play around with it as much as they could have and it just feels disjointed let's talk about episode 11 innocence lost part one the beginning of the episode made me chuckle as they were hiding in the bushes (laughs) and he go light up a cigarette but then the way sam and casey were going back and forth he just saw the ash on the cigarette that was pretty amusing that was pretty amusing and then as they get into gara's keep our gang realized that people are dead they they took the back way in because he said he used to be here so uh (laughs) they they end up dropping in on the perfect moment because prince kelby along with hilda uh goes up to the gate he's like uh it's a trap despite knowing that he orders that his prince stay behind along with hilda who is a soldier once he is inside he gets captured then he gets uh beaten for information about prince kelby i don't know i felt like if you were smart you know that he hid prince kelby somewhere nearby just search the grounds that seemed like of it a much more especially since you have henchmen a more rational thing to do but after getting their their shots in (laughs) hilda and prince kelby go and he's like you're with me and i i would say this whole back and forth didn't mean anything to me mainly because you went from i'm going i serve master king Locke right now and i'm turning you in even though i'm totally acting like i'm turning you in and i haven't changed my mind about anything just because we hung out and had a couple of exchanges of sentences and you gave me a compliment oh that's an admirable trait to be loyal you were being loyal as you stated to your country and to your family you had people (laughs) so it's not like it came out of left field what your motivations were uh 
but still, you know, he, he got betrayed. He found out that his father's dead. Then he looked over Odin like, tell me it's not true. Well, considering all things that have happened. He did. Yep. yep. Amen. I know. He did. For sure. Amen. Amen. Then he starts crying. And that's when his friends show up and save the day. Sam is like, come with me, my best friend. <laughs> She's running off. Philly's trying to find the opportunity to shoot him. Sam realizes something's up and he leaves her behind to stop the other people. Odin and Hilda, because Hilda changed sides once again, because she's like, I didn't agree. What? You didn't agree to hand him over to the dark one? What? what <sighs> Anyhow, this turn didn't make no sense. And it's it's a good thing, though, because... Of course, Casey's always useful. <laughs> but you got some uh, extra fluid of this. I sure do. But Odin is once again knocked off of a building, surviving things that any other man would not survive at all. Uh, then he <laughs> has a we leave him with a one on one with the guy that's supposed to be the most scary out of all of them. OK, but that's that's being set up. Finally, Philly has uh, a face-to-face with the prince. He points the gun at him. He tells Sam, get out of my face. This is grown folks business. She's confused because she's like, why aren't you telling me we best friends? He's like, uh, people are dying and I don't have time to figure out your human emotions right now. <laughs> and for once, that was fair. That was fair. Usually I don't, I'm never on the side of Prince Kelby. But that was definitely legit. Someone just took a a fucking hole through the chest for me. (laughs) And you want to know, you want affirmation of our friendship? You need to prioritize. Uh, I did laugh, though, when (laughs) she was like, Prince Kelby, why are you saying these shitty things to me? I don't know you and I don't care to know you. He's trying to tell her she's not real. Uh, Philly is is still pointing the gun so she starts to go into to mode like look the prime friendship is definitely Prince Kelby so Philly I will kill you and Philly doesn't even know that he is he's probably gonna get a permadeath here you know I don't know how you stitch yourself back together but no because he was vaporized last time so clearly no 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 i think i think that's a good thing for their friendship is that he can reanimate himself he's also died like 38 times now jeez so uh back to hilda getting the the hand through the back and dying in the prince's arms and him being that upset about it she just betrayed you Uh, y'all friendship was not that tight it really wasn't (laughs) so the best part of this episode is when nine showed up i really was not expecting him and i was so excited when he showed up i was i don't know i don't even care why i don't care why he grabbed the beer (laughs) like ah, oh, this is shitty got anything better around here so he's he's left with uh those to fight and it's good because they need fighters 
they need he knew where they was going the whole entire time though and and there's a conversation where they're where homegirl's flipping out because she's they're telling her she ain't real and then casey's like you are real you're my best friend but yeah finish that sentence because you know what everyone else does not know (laughs) is that you're also kind of uh an exterminator which i think everyone is going to be surprised to realize in in the finale because that's where we all this led up to odin still like i said i don't know how he managed to fall off a banister 20 feet high up in the air and still still not barely be limping like where's prince kelby well i think you could just follow follow the the violence (laughs) and you should find out where he is so yeah that's uh where we leave it because not only is philly in danger but kelby's in danger and i don't think that this is a mentally stable time for sam to be transforming into her true form when she uh she's got some hurt feelings she hasn't dealt with which leads us perfectly into our finale innocence lost part two now the biggest issue with this finale is that it resolved absolutely nothing we don't have rhymes we don't have reasons there's not a I mean, it was not a satisfying conclusion. It wasn't even really an arc. <laughs> Since we're technically, con- we're, if it was to be a season two, which there clearly is not, uh, that we had any type of consist. It was, it was a 12 episode getting the gang together. And that's unfortunate. Because it started with so much uh, potential. The fight scenes with nine against, I'm not sure who that chick was. And then Odin against, I'm not sure who that guy was. They got away after their two fights. Because nine wasn't drunk enough. And Odin had already taken some pretty uh, permanent damage that I'm surprised that he was walking away from. But he's supposedly this really strong guy that has to have some magic. Everyone's like, uh, you're immortal. And he's like, the sky is blue. I'm sorry. I thought we were doing obvious. We were saying obvious shit. <laughs> that part was funny. But the whole, uh, <laughs> the airship being what Casey wanted more than anything else that attack and then the one chick being like yeah i know about these types of things it shouldn't be a problem both of them were overconfident but when casey was overconfident it made sense you know she saw her friend turning into the killer that she is and she's like look 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 look! i got bessie we can handle it you'll need to go all you know crazy on us so she buries her and you see that despite her conflict regarding her number one friend uh, and even philly she is able to listen to casey and i love that bessie is also a person <laughs> uh and 
only briefly do we get to see her in her cannon buster form but she's a badass and she handles business and she ripped that airship i wanted to see her rip the person like she did the airship but it didn't amount to anything because the chick with the arms gets away the best shot of this episode is when after she killed philly uh he punched her in the face in the way they just decided to creatively show that in black and white fatality then they followed up with the stupidest thing i ever saw let me uncuff you from these handcuffs so that i can then use this against you (laughs) never mind i see that there's this huge robot and she seems to be intent on protecting her friend (laughs) but i'm gonna threaten his life uh there's several times where he clearly could have taken a shot he gets the flashbacks and then he eventually comes up with the conclusion okay okay i'll stop i'll stop because casey comes in the clutch once again like philly what are you doing you hung out with him they're not a bad person chill um and so philly decides that he's just gonna die and i'm like well the threat's over when you said you would be done so why did we need this additional five minutes of absolutely nothing (laughs) absolutely and utterly nothing because that's what this was it was it was nothing with her being like i feel weird she doesn't remember her kills odin's like i'm stuck with more fucking kids and after this small little battle um yeah that's it we're back on the road once again i did laugh when casey was crying over bessie and he was like no that was my car and he's like what are you gonna do about it and she just started crying and hugging him and he's like what the fuck are you doing before he starts crying too like you're right we both love that car <laughs> and only we understand our emotions right now as she was blown to bits casey tried though she really did she went toe to toe and uh unfortunately <laughs> she just said i'm bigger than you right now it's okay i can i can i can help i love casey so much so much the only good thing really to come out of the show i think that it had far more potential than it was exploited for uh while it was nice to have uh women and men of color playing these roles there was not a consistency or a depth of much of anything other than than sam and casey sam who realizes that people are complicated but that doesn't mean that they aren't your friend she is told by odin that she's a cannon buster she was a goblin that was infused with magic before magic was outlawed and it was the fall of the sorcerers there's so much of this backstory or world building that's missing that it's rather a shame and i think they could have done a lot better especially with so many filler episodes to really you know sketch that in a lot more 
But yeah, overall, I gave this finale an 8 out of 10. The fights were cool enough. I wish they didn't cut between them quite as much. I would have preferred to see a Odin versus his guy, then finish that, then go back to 9 and the girl finish that and then interweave that with what's going on with Kelby. Kelby did, you know, get one shot in. (laughs) Until you learn what real pain was. If you're feeling suicidal, you've come to the right place. Overall, the way in which they, you know, one minute, this guy's, I mean, he was literally running with the woman because she's like see at least I said I was gonna drop you off alive (laughs) they're trying to kill you but clearly he's not trying to kill you and then he's like okay he's not trying to kill me we are friends I should have said those things I dropped my necklace but somehow I managed to pick it up in all of the chaos this this was bad this is really bad uh that's it is unfortunate because I, I wanted to like this a lot more than I actually did and there wasn't all bad episodes some were pretty decent but it it simply lost I think it's uh identity it's pace it's uh what it what it truly should have done in a first season of any show and I think that is to give the audience a solid enough story and then build upon that for a second season if you're quite so lucky to get one but not leave it so open. And maybe it's the anime thing that um, you can drive, drive a lot of holes through it. So that is my, that is my review of the last five episodes of Cannon Busters. If you have any lingering thoughts or feelings, leave those below or send me an email, blackercouch at gmail.com. And uh, I'll probably read it on the Jones Chronicles if you do send me something. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, like a magic. Every